All right, everyone, welcome back to another Profit Strategies podcast. And here we are at the end of January, January 29th. Uh, Chris Johnson with me. Chris. Hey, Tom, how are you? Man, I got to tell you, this might be, this might go down as one of the most historic weeks of trading that that I re- that I can recall. I mean, Certainly. you know, I mean, the last time I remember literally being glued to the monitors was last year during the pandemic when uh, uh, Bill, Bill Ackman yep. was yep. talking about uh, all hell going, you know, that he's going to be he crying. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was crying. It was, the world's coming to an end and that uh, I'm going uh, uh, somewhere up in the, in the mountains to get away from everything. And but what he didn't say is that he was going to be buying up the hotels that he said were going to zero. Yeah, uh, he made billions on it. By the way, he made billions. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, a great so, plan. Uh, Go away, make billions. Yep. Uh, hey, that's everybody's. Uh, you know, that's everybody's dream. Hell yeah! Go away, make billions. Yep. And uh, and so with that, uh, you know, like I said, historic week. I mean, if we were to chron chron. <laughs> How do you say it? <laughs> Lay out a timeline for it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I want to chronologically talk about this week. Uh, and, and so I think we start off, you know, I really don't want to talk about the stock market this week because I think it's a waste of time. Even because the stock market has a lot to do with what happened starting with GameStop. And I'm so, going to have to disagree and interject something at the end here, but go ahead, Tom. Well, I mean, you know, uh, let's talk about Monday. So GameStop had already been on the run last week and was yes. up in the 60s and closed it on the 60s on Friday. So if you were involved in an option trade uh, uh, the week prior, which I was not, okay, so I'll make that clear. But if you were on the call side of this, um, and I know that there were a few people that I do know that were, uh, I consider some of them family members um, and, and, and close friends, um, if you had bought options Prior to last Friday's expiration, you bought call options. You did extremely well. I mean, $1 calls were going out for $15 just last Friday, a week ago. All right, well, fast forward to this entire week, which was ended on the 29th, and the volatility was through the roof. It was really hard to be a buyer of options and make money um, for a number of reasons. A, because the volatility was trading in the 600s. B, because uh, the spreads were so wide from the buy, uh, the the bid to the offer, and of course, C because the brokerage firms really shut you down about midweek um, and only allowed closing positions. So, I had also done a YouTube video on the YouTube channel about GameStop and how an option trader can take a limited risk, limited reward uh, trade, and I showed some examples doing what I call one to ones. Where if you took a um, uh, took a put spread and you uh, took a credit of let's call it a dollar and you were risking a dollar, that was a one to one reward to risk trade. And if you were doing it on the bear side and put a limit order in of one dollar risk to make one dollar reward, that was a one too. And then I even showed a neutral trade where if you took it incorrectly, you you might have walked away with very little with any risk if you got filled on both sides at a risk of one-to-one, one-to-one on the call, one-to-one on the put. Um, and it's weird because it was entirely possible to actually put on uh, trades that that theoretically had no risk uh, in them uh, because the, the volatility was just all over the place, but you had to do limit orders. Oh, and yeah. so I had that out there. 
All right, so when I look at the end of this week, well, you know, who won, who lost, and why, I'm actually going to do a follow-up video because this was such a hot topic on YouTube. If you look at YouTube videos on GameStop, there was a lot of comments. There was a lot of opinion, but no one really offered up any real um, education on how you as an option trader could take advantage of it using volatility. I like to say I did. I didn't see anybody else other than than you know who they were blaming, uh, you know whether it was um, uh, the hedge funds or whether it was the the, uh, the the gamers, the home gamers who were taking their their stimulus check and throwing it into it, or whether it was the brokerage firms for for shutting them down. Right. There was a lot of blame game to be uh, around in the YouTube community, but I didn't couldn't find anybody that actually offered up anything substantial that you could look at doing. Uh, that's why I, I put the video. On. I got a little sneaky backdoor trade on this one, Tom, and I think Dude. you'd appreciate it. Oh, yeah, I do. I'm always Share. looking for the sneaky. So, you know, what? I'm looking at my montage right now. GameStop at 335.89. So let's call it three. Uh, you know what? We'll go. I was going with 340, but this thing moves around so much. I'll drop this down to the 335 option. Looking at the May or the March, rather, 335 puts. March 335 puts. Ah, I had it on the 340 for a second. You're paying. 214 bucks for two months worth of time premium, right? For that at the money put. So if you want, if you're looking at it and saying, Hey, I'm going to short GameStop, like a lot of people, I had a friend that wanted to short GameStop. How do I do it? How do I do it? Well, first of all, you don't stop. You don't short GameStop. You're trying to catch a falling circular blade, uh, circular saw, not even a knife at this point. But if you look at, so you're paying right now 65% premium for that mm -hmm. two months worth of time, right? But if you look at the XRT option, the retail select sector, that ETF, it is up 7.8% today. It was up 20% a couple of days ago, all because GameStop has been going higher and a couple of the others, Bed Bath & Beyond that have been shorted, those have been going higher. The premiums for that, 17% for the next two months. So you can go out and buy a put on the on the XRT, the 90 put, which is at the money right now, for $14.95. Okay. $14.95 right now, and that's 17% of a premium compared to the, uh, the price of the XRT. And the spread is only 5% on it right now. The spread is not crazy. You can backdoor into that GME falling because the XRT is going to go right back down again, guys. And Chris, let me just is are you disclosing that you are actually doing this? I have not done this trade. So no, not full disclosure okay. needed on it. I've not recommended. I've been sitting here looking for all, as many people have, looking for a way to scratch my head and say, hey, how can I backdoor this thing without really getting jammed up on the premiums? And I think I have convinced myself that's the way I'm good. It, there, that's the only way that makes logical sense for me to do yeah. this. If you want to try to take advantage of the uh, the comeback on this, and let me let me just mention, you know, you brought up something that, that it's time for me to mention this is that you and I are not investment advisors, so we're not recommending uh, this stuff, uh, you know, as investment advice. Um, we are merely having a conversation with each other about what we're looking at possibly doing, uh, and then offering up examples of how, how to take advantage of that. Um, yep. You know, I did a follow-up on um, GameStop mm -hmm. this week on PowerProfitTrades.com, and I talked about, well, it was a couple of things. Uh, the the, the, the uh, YouTube uh, uh, 
link is in there for those of you who want to go see the video. But also, I did uh, just yesterday, I put out an article on two low risk strategies to play the market's failed shorts. And I call it the failed shorts because the ones that are failing in this are the hedge funds. So, you know, if, if we were to, you know, continue forward, well, obviously GameStop has gone up uh, since last week, but it's been a jaggedy move. It's been a tough one for anyone to uh, make money other than the, the, the folks that are still long from last week. They can, you know, they, they, they feel good about the fact they're still hanging on to this, uh, even though it's been all over the place. Um, and the, the, what's interesting is, is you take a look, you know, who, who are the winners? The winners right now are, um, are the, 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 the small guys that went in and bought and are, are doing very well. The losers, I gotta say there's a group, there's quite a group of losers. Um, Melvin Capital was the loser that we all knew about because early in the week they closed out their short position and lost billions. Um, Citron, you know, Citron I, I, Research, Citron Research, yep. loser at ninety bucks. I think they were all completely closed. They started closing around the seventies, from what I understand, and yeah. then they finished uh, hedging everything out, getting it all out by the nineties. So, whew. but you know what? There's some hedge funds because I'm telling you right now, Chris, and you know this is true. This move that went from the sixty seventy dollar area up to near 500 earlier this week. This mm-hmm. wasn't all little guys. No. There were hedge funds that were trolling Reddit. And they realized that all of this chatter uh, was likely to cause these to move higher. And they started buying in as well. There's big block trades that you can see uh, into uh, GameStop. So some were doing a stop and reverse. Yep. And they were quietly buying it on the upside and maybe selling it now as we speak. Um but, you know, the, the loser that could be the winner, you know, a couple, maybe a couple of those guys that, that don't have to disclose. Um, I think that, in a sense, the regulators might even be looked at right now as losers because they, 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 there's one set of rules for the retailers, and I'm including me and you in that lump. And there's a different set of rules for, for hedge funds that do not have to disclose their positions. Yep. Um, brokerage firms like Robinhood, definite loser, absolutely oh, definite loser. Especially when they, you know, a month ago had that commercial that came out talking about we're the outsiders, we're the disruptors, we're here for you. <laughs> right. And then, but no one knew until this week that they were really there for Citadel. <laughs> did you did you think they would ever be pulling down a billion dollar line just to get their liquidity in line overnight last I know. night? I so mean, many people are 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 closing out and redeeming uh, yeah. out of that that company, and they were looking to go public. And now so I'm ready for put, me to. This puts that on hold. Throw, yeah, oh yeah, you ready for me to throw out a big one? This in the you know when they talk about the butterfly effect and the things that happen after you know down the road here years later, but I think this will be a little sooner. Remember, everybody was talking about six section two thirty. Like three weeks ago, four weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. We need to take we need to take Twitter and Facebook and everybody to task. They need to be responsible for what is being put up on their on their sites. They need to have some liability or share some liability. It is not just a free speech forum. What is gonna happen to that and as it applies to Reddit? Are all these Redditors all of a sudden gonna find themselves under some scrutiny that says, hey, 
Reddit is now going to be more responsible for what they say if they do start to tweak uh, Section 230. And I haven't heard anybody talk about that. That would be... I got to be honest with you, Tom, you, you and I have been in this business a long time. We both have friends that have been in much longer. There is definitely an old school Wall Street, a slimy underbelly, if you will. Think of it as Washington, D.C. Yep. And <laughs> this would be one of those ways that they could say, well, we're not going to let this happen again. Boom. You know, Chris, I, I, I'm going to I'm going to respectfully disagree with you on a little bit of what you just said. Please do. I'm a big believer in free speech, but as am I. I do think also that you should not hide behind a keyboard with some uh, some anonymous name. I think an, uh, anonymity. I, I mean, if you're gonna if if you're gonna be held to freedom of speech, you should have freedom of speech, but in your own name. I everything that I put out on the on the uh, social media, which is not much, but I mean, you know, if you look at like. Um, uh, YouTube, um, which is where, you know, I, I, and then power profit trades and, and all of our websites that we publish on, I publish as me, you publish as you, mm-hmm. if you're going to go on Twitter, or you're going to go on Facebook or Instagram or, uh, Reddit or discord or any of those. And, and you know, if you, if you want to hold freedom of speech, you should be able, you, it should be there, but you should be responsible yourself using your own credentials at all times. And I do wonder when it's going to be time. We've seen the politicians in the last 36 hours actually stand together. When you see AOC and Ted Cruz and uh, Donald Trump Jr., I think it was coming out with the same message, which which is Robin Hood was wrong and we need to fix this. That is going to move things. We're going to see some movement on this over the next couple of months. This will be not a hundred day item for uh, Joe Biden. This will be a hundred day item for Congress, I believe. And I, I just can't help but think that Section 230 is at some point going to get whipped into this. And because both the Republicans and the Democrats wouldn't mind that being tightened down before the next midterm elections. Now, let's let's let, let's let's talk about we got to talk about mm-hmm. possibly the, the um, uh, uh, we got to talk about the, the, the new opportunities that you, that you and I. Yes. Both think are happening. Because that's yep. really what, you know, people listen to our podcast, you know, yeah, they like our opinions and all, but most of them are here to, to find out, well, what, what happens next? How do we, I what are potential they liked our voice. Going forward? I've always been told I have a great radio voice. And I was you know, about and, to and say, thank God, <laughs> thank God they're not looking at us. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, uh, so I mean, yeah, you what know, do we do from here? But you know what? Let me first talk about the winners here, okay? Go. And what I see as as potential winners, and then I want you to pop up because you know you mentioned you you see a new shortlist coming out. So before we discuss that, I think the the some of the biggest winners. Um, I'm seeing a lot of chatter about Webull, and I don't endorse brokers, but there's a lot of chatter about Webull because they're not limiting people. To uh, to buying these shorts, et cetera. So you know they might be a potential winner out of this. The brokerage firm. Um, the other thing that I've noticed is that once Robinhood stopped allowing uh, uh, folks to trade new positions in uh, GameStop, AMC, Costs, and and a few others, you know where a lot of these guys turned to. They turned to the small alt currencies. 
Mm-hmm. And I was having a conversation last night with my brother-in-law, who was up a thousand percent in a little small coin called Doge, D-O-G-E. Okay. And, and, and this coin does nothing. It's worth nothing. It was literally a tenths, if not hundreds of a penny at one time. And the thing was trading up as high as nine cents uh, last night. And, and uh, you, you know, and so he was all over this, you know, wow, look at this coin, look at this coin. It was up a thousand percent. And it, it, we are, you know, we, we believe that, that uh, the folks that could not trade in Robinhood and some of the other shorting stocks, they started looking at really small cryptocurrencies. Well, guess what? Robinhood it turned that off, that feature off due to high traffic, blah, 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 blah. Um, but I think these small cryptos are going to be uh, not the next, but part of the next. And then look at the, 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 I call it the tail wagging the dog, because I was looking at this saying, I think this is going to be great for Bitcoin, which had been trading around $30,000 earlier in the week. And that thing was hitting 38, 39 as of this morning, Friday the 29th. And so that could be the start of the next run for cryptocurrencies because it's hard to blame somebody in the cryptocurrency uh, environment. Uh, Cryptocurrencies, especially outside the exchanges, when you look at um, Coinbase and Binance, you know, no one's going to shut those. Those can't be limited or shut down. That's the pure market. And you look at Robinhood and, and there's some folks that are probably listening to the podcast right now saying, wait a minute, I didn't know you could trade crypto on Robinhood. You, you really can't. They have this kind of a faux cryptocurrency or, or, or synthetic crypto that they do mm-hmm. uh, through their firm. But so it mimics crypto. But they were they were kind of limiting that uh, coming into to, uh, today. But you found a short list, what's called the new short list that just got published. And well, yeah. what, do you, what, do you, what do you got coming? What's, what's on the list? Let me give a backstory here, Tom, because it's not, and this is not me trying to break my right arm, patting myself on the back. But two weeks ago, GameStop showed up on my short squeeze candidate list. This is a list that I send to my night trader people. This is my send list that I put up in my chats. I write about it on moneymorning.com. I do it about every two weeks. My the data for those of you that don't know, because a lot of people are new to short interest here, Tom, they don't know what it is. I've been studying this for 20 years. Twice a week, the exchanges pass out or they give out the the culmination of all the short positions through their exchange. And that is disseminated. Guys like me drop it into our database. We do all kinds of modeling with it. And I usually come up with a list of 80 or 90 companies that are short squeeze candidates. And it's exactly what you've seen here with GameStop. On the 31st of, uh, of December, GameStop was number 10 on my list of short stock squeezes with the short interest ratio of 6.3 because it had just gone from 5.6 to 6.3. Right. That and and a couple of the other companies, Kroger is on here, Serious Holdings, Opco Health. These are companies that got bumped up by costs and nobody knows what cost. Do you know what cost does, Tom? No. A Costco? Oh my God. Not cost. <laughs> K-O-S-S. They make oh, headphones. Yeah. I used to have right, cost right, right. headphones when I was in college. So when I saw Cost yeah. Corporation, I went, Who the hell's buying costs? What? Yeah, that's like so, the, that's like the Radio Shack of headphones, right? <laughs> exactly. So I looked at this and I kind of said, "Wow." So ironically, as all of this is going down and it's in this fever pitch right now, last night was the night that the exchanges released 
their short interest data to people like me. So my databases were busy overnight pulling that down and I've got a new list and it is interesting to see the names and GameStop has dropped because the average daily volume has gone so high and the shorts have come down just a little bit. But there are names like uh, Levent Corporation, LTHM, which has been on here for a while. Um, that is one of my favorites. It's, it's, it's a play on energy, on alternative energy here, on lithium. Um, Ollie's Bargain Barn. So the last <laughs> time they What's had the symbol? I, What's the symbol on that? O-L-L-I. O-L-L-I. Ollie's. Everybody now, likes. Not, but 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 now now you know let the let the folks listen to the podcast know some of these are not cheap. I mean Ollie's is like right. you know close to a hundred dollars a share. Correct. Yeah, they don't have to be cheap. That's one of the things that people think that short squeezes happen to cheap stocks. No, short squeezes happen to stocks like uh, Avis that's at forty one dollars and thirty cents. Uh Kimors, which is a materials company. CC is a ticker symbol, twenty seven fifty one. Right now it's a short squeeze candidate. Callaway yeah, Golf think- at twenty seven bucks. But Chris, don't you think that uh, the ones that are going to be the cheapest out of your list are the ones that the uh, you know that the the, the disruptors Come are going to challenge? Um, God, cheap is always a relative term. It's easier for me to go and buy a share of Dean Foods at a couple of pennies right now and think that you know, obviously, watch it go from eight to eleven and and get something that's much larger. But at the same time, the risks come with that. It is. The, the companies that are typically and, – and let's talk about – let's digress for a second on why short squeezes happen and why short interest is there. GameStop six months ago, the people at Citron, the people – all the people that were short, they don't just short it because they don't like GameStop. They looked at it and there was something fundamentally flawed with the actual business model. One of the best quotes that I've heard this week about GameStop was that if everybody on Reddit was taking a thousand dollars that they were using to buy the stock and instead going into the store and spending a thousand dollars on products inside their store, the stock would go up for the right reasons. It's going up now and it's just going to come back because what happens now is the company announces earnings, I think in two weeks and all of a sudden they're going to go, it's going to be that Alfred E. Newman moment. What? Me? Huh? And people are going to go, what the hell did we buy? Yeah, go ahead. Chris, do you think there's going to be the insider selling? Because these guys, the executives, have seen that have seen fortunes come in that were lit- and especially, you know, I mean, there, there's going to be key people in here that had stock options. And let's say their stock options were at 10 or 20 bucks and they they just did they just saw it worthless. That now all of a sudden the stock options are in the hundreds, they they've they've made 10 or 20 times what that stock option strike was going for. And we're talking about ISOs, guys. Uh, these are, these are, um, uh, ISOs are basically company stock options that are granted as uh, rewards for hard work to executives and key people. And these are people that, that, that literally threw this stuff in the trash like a lottery ticket, and they're now digging to find it because they realize it's worth something. Yeah, you, think you know what? Going to be some selling of those soon. Oh, I'll give you a name of one: Ryan Cohen, the guy that is a CEO, co-founder of Chewy's, Chewy.com. The guy yeah. bought twelve point nine percent of GameStop last year for seventy-six million dollars. It's worth one point four billion right now. He got seventeen hundred. Tell me, he's not going to be selling some of those, and obviously, you have to do the filings for those to get those as as he's on the board. He's an insider, but. 
the the thing I think I look at here, Tom, is if this were a real move that GameStop knew they could do something with, they would be floating an offering right now. Oh, yeah. Getting that money into their pocket so they could start feeding their business model. And that's not happening. And that tells you there's going to be problems with GameStop down the road. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you know, with that, I think we wrap it here. Uh, you know what? Let me let me throw yeah. something out there. Final favorite three, favorite three stocks as we go into next week. Go. <laughs> me? You? <laughs> <laughs> Putting you on the spot. Well, it, it, it's easy. Uh, it, it's for me. It's Bitcoin, Ethereum, and uh, uh, not Dogecoin for sure. Uh, but I also I also like the move that gold made. Here, uh, you know, on the last day of the the month of uh, January, so I'm going outside of the stock market. I think the stock market's where the risk is, and okay. so I, I want to stay out of the stock market. I want to I want to focus uh, going forward on you know that that alternative those alternative assets. Gotcha. Okay. Good. You? I'll give I'll give you my three. It's U.S. Steel. Steel trade is going to chug higher again right now. Uh, part of that recovery rebuild uh, trade that's going to keep us going through 2021. Camping World Holdings is back in a seasonal strength right now. Everybody's mm. going to be buying campers over the next six months or so. They're already on back order. And then the third, I'm going to stick with a hometown favorite, Workhorse, WKHS. They got a huge bump. We're up 30%. Um, yeah. And we, well, had, we had calls and Night Trader on it. Um they they got a big bump because of the Biden administration announcement. Exactly. Going to start. But this is the fundamental picture that's going to carry a lot of these stocks through 2021. So I'm sticking long term with Workhorse W K H S. Yeah, yeah, and and I I um I too am in you know if it, my lar- my largest position I have right now I'm not going to say what stock it is, but mm-hmm. it is in the commodity related companies like mm-hmm. U.S. Steel. All right, so but uh, so I am with you on that. Um, I'm Ooh, a little nervous that uh, you're making that me want to guess here, Tom. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, you, you know that, that, but um, but you might, you, you know, has the has the the uh, train left the station on somebody like Workhorse because you know it was uh, uh, time will only tell, Chris. But I, I, I do tell. like your, I do like your thinking there. Thank All right, you. folks. Well, thank you very much for joining us again for this week's Profit Strategy Podcast. And we will see you again next week. Bye now. See you, Tom.